Hang on, I've got a bit of rev on the go. I've just got to get rid of me rev, man. Rev on the go. Rev, 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 rev in to go. Is I'm that rev. like Love on the Rocks? Love on the Rocks. I think you need to do Neil Diamond as the cr- uh, croon. I think you've got to do a Neil Diamond croon at some point. <laughs> Racklin Rose, you gun woman. In fact, you yeah. need to do it. You need to do a Neil Diamond in a H natural gig. I think Neil Diamond was just a bit over the macho line for me, for the most part. Do you think? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard those albums he did with Rick Rubin? No. They are but, tremendous. Are they? Rick Rubin's a good producer and he's got it going on. Rick Rubin's in, Rick Rubin's a genius. Yeah. Um, but he did these he did these two albums. I think 12 Songs was the first one. I can't remember the what the other one was called. Um and they're both brilliant. Really, 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 really good. Really, you really actually realize how good a songwriter Neil Diamond is. But what was great was that Rick Rubin, apparently, they got in a room and Neil brought him all these songs and Rick just went, yeah, they're not good enough. Go on, jog on, go away. And he sent him away. Sent him away twice, I think. Well, what's the right Uh And what came back is really, really good. Really, wow. really good. Wow, wow. Better not work with Rick Rubin. He'll send me away. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sent away once. I hate it. Who sent you away? <laughs> Megan sent me away. And ended up in Barbados, right? Ah, oh, you did. Yes. The world, uh, Nick. But, yeah, that's because Megan kept sending me away. See, Megan's a pussycat compared with Ruben, probably. But, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Well, well, Megan is a pussycat, really. He's a priest, really. Well, yes, we've uh, talked about this before, haven't we? Yeah, more of a more of a priest, you know, in the confessional, with the with, <laughs> with the expensive microphone. <laughs> What's this? Some strange uh, Catholic version of Cluedo? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so are we? Are we on the? Oh, we are. We are indeed. We are. We are indeed. Though I've only just pressed record, so that first bit about Neil Diamond well, is probably going to be Zoom audio, folks. If you think the audio has changed, it's because it has. We've jumped from Zoom to the to the real deal. So, are you ready for this then? Desert Island Discs Part One. I am. Yeah, I can. I can do Desert Island Discs. I mean, it provided you know the format, and you can be Kirsty. Right. Uh, I'll. I'll do my very best to be me. Okay. <laughs> behaving. I'll be behaving on Radio Four, not saying fuck. Or a see you next Tuesday, or any of those horrid words. Oh, please, you've not done any of that. Talking about... (laughs) Talking about railway cock. None of that will be going on, because we're on Radio 4 now. Yes. Right. (laughs) Okay. Railway cock. I'll apply the damper to myself. Ah, ah. Do you do that with your foot? Which is it left foot or right foot? It's <laughs> just for that. some kind of bag over my head with an expletive filter built into it. I've got visions of you in that edition of Black Adder now with a bag over his head and him going around <laughs> on one leg. 
Yeah, John Lennon put Michael Parkinson in a bag, didn't he? Which was great. When when Parky interviewed him, he was talking about bag peace, and he said he was talking about how being in a bag is really liberating, and they got they got Parkinson to climb into a bag to interview them, which uh, was great. So are you ready to oh, go then? No, because, and I'll tell you why, because I've just got to shut the window, which will render me a bit giddy and airless, but it'll, it'll, I mean, I haven't really got, I mean, there's a lot of noise in this room, cars going by and people frolicking. In Is the, the frolicking going on? Yeah, there's Mossad frolicking in the tree. And that and chap with got, the MAGA hat. That him, he's frolicking there on the opposite end of the tree. Uh, he has a patchy relationship with Mossad. Hang on a minute, hang on. Let me I'm, just... I'm hanging, I'm hanging. <laughs> I've taken my cans off, Anthony. I'm trying not to knock my coffee over my piano. I'm just moving my incredibly fabulous Just for the recording, and, and H obviously isn't hearing this, but he's wearing a spectacular pair of lounge pants this morning um, that have got more than a whiff of um, the kind of things that a, a person of a certain age might wear if they were going in to hospital for a small procedure. Um, so I'll let you into that as a little secret. Apologies, there won't be any kind of visual evidence. I need a bigger room, but if I had a bigger room, I'd just put more shit in it. So it'd look exactly the same ten minutes later. Ah. Oh. Morning, Kirsty. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Stephen <laughs> with a PH. <laughs> um, for the purposes of, of, of a clean start, do you know, can you play the Desert Island Discs thing on the old piano, on the I, old Joanna? I should imagine I can play an approximation of it. Yeah, I'll bang well, sh- I'll bang something together. I think the only crucial thing is the seagulls. I'll get <laughs> some of them seagull going. button? I'll find some of them somewhere. <laughs> them darn seagulls. Let <laughs> me get a few crows on it. <laughs> Which seagulls are you going to go for? Are you going to go for the ones that sound romantic or are you going to go for the big fuckers that nick your chips at some times? No, I'll have the romantic ones because it's quite right. a romantic piece of music, that, isn't it? It the, is, actually. What's it? Sailing by? Is it sailing by? It's not, is it? That's another no, thing. No, it's, it's, it's got love in it, hasn't it? I thought, I thought it was. Didn't we put it in the notes the other day? Oh. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to check. Oh, was that your them. reference to a lagoon? Yes. Oh, well, I, yes. I remember looking at it and thinking, well, I have no idea what he's on about there. But um, I see now. Oh, no, it's just by the Sleepy Lagoon. It's because we put love in anyway. By the Sleepy Lagoon. By Eric Coates the wrote the Sleepy it. Lagoon. I'm playing a tune with you and the moon. Yes, I could write that lyric. Right, okay. Well, we'll insert that in a second. We'll count down and we'll insert that and then we'll, right we'll, we'll, start, we'll centre and we'll start proper. She's hanging a moon. Uh, right. You're thinking of words that rhyme with lagoon now, aren't you? <laughs> I'll be with you soon. Spoon? <laughs> Goon? Loon? Episode title, actually. Words that rhyme with lagoon. Swoon. Right, let's insert that. Let's oh. insert it here. Go on, insert it here. Insert what? By the sleepy lagoon. Yes, you playing that on the old Joanna. Let's moon. insert it now. What? Just like that? No, not live. No, we'll we'll do that in post. Oh, okay, darling. Yes. We'll do it in post, darling. <laughs> <laughs> 
what we should start with it. What we should do is not have the... You should re-record, you know, we should re-record. Have you got that anywhere? You must have. The, yeah, the, I've got it somewhere. The banter between you and me. The bands, the, yes, I've got the bands the, somewhere. The, I'm going to get into the trousers and all of that. And we could put that on top of... Oh, it's a lot of work this week, but it could we work could, out really, really or, well. Or I... just put the doorbell on the front if that's the ball, like, and then and then I'll I'll do. Or we could just start with the chat and then do it now, but like you say, with the with the normal bants over the different tune. Mr. H is now seeing if he can work it out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, what about counting now and see what they get? What? Just do it. No, I mean I'll count it in for the purposes of the recording. I've. You just do what'll make you happy. I'll. Right, I'll okay. just sit here and try and understand. Okay. Well, in a minute, in in at the count of four, something's going to happen, and we don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be good. Right. right One, here we go. Two, two, three, three four. four. Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, H. Oh, Anthony. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Oh, that was spectacular. That must have taken you ages. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I, just just a couple of minutes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> right, well, here we are. Here we are. Good morning. Part Good. one. Oh, yes. Steve H, Desert Island Discs. Just for those of you who aren't aware what we're talking about, Desert Island Discs, popular uh, radio show, Radio 4. And what we do is we, we take, a, you, well, you choose eight pieces of music to take with you onto a desert island, don't you? Yes, I do. I don't know that eight will be. Will, I'm not sure I can get it down to eight, but I will. I will do my damnedest to right. to select what is the top of the pyramid, really, or the tip of the iceberg. And the purpose the... is that through the eight piece of music, we learn a bit more about you and a bit more about your life. That's kind of the plan, isn't it? Whatever I haven't spilt already, which won't That's be That's the slight fly, is the mm. fact that there's 200 hours already before we go into this. Yes. So everybody will be going, I know, I know, but never mind. I don't Let's care if you it know. It's all I've got. Tell us about somebody else's life. <laughs> Channel a bit of Kenneth Williams. Right, so here we go then. First oh, piece of music. What's the first piece of music you would want to take with you if you were to be... Deposited on a desert island. Well, I think I would like to take Kirsty. Um, number nine, Dream, by John Lennon. And the reason I'd like to take that is because I've been racking my brains the last couple of days trying to think of the most beautiful piece of music 
that I could stand to hear again and again. Because the thing about being on the desert island is it's all you've got. So you're going to have to be able to listen to these these tunes a lot um, while you're stranded, while you're cooking your sardines on your... <laughs> on your what? On, on your... Uh, on your uh, banana palm barbecue thing that you've erected uh, by week six. Just before you know you're going you to the Outer Hebrides, don't you? <laughs> just before you starve to death. I'm not going to the fucking Outer Hebrides, <laughs> Kirsty. Just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> you can forget the whole thing if we're talking about that. Right. Right. You don't <laughs> fancy a life of herring, then? No, I want to be. I want to be in the tropics, man. Right, all right. Okay. In which case, then, we acquiesce. You can be in the tropics. <laughs> Righty-ho. Well, in that case, I would like to take from my first song, after I've perused the Bible and a bit of Shakespeare, I'd like to take Number Nine Dream by John Lennon. And the reason I'd like to take that is because there's just something dreamy and wonderful about it. And I've always loved it. And I love the way it slides sideways into the chorus. Love that. So when, I'm trying to think when that song was, what kind of, what year are we talking? Oof. I think it might have been on Walls and Bridges on that album, which would right. have been, I would have been at college. So we're, we're talking 75 maybe, or that. Sort of mid seventies era. Seventy four. It was Walls Se- and Bridges, and it's seventy four. Right. Yeah, I remember listening to that in my attic uh, when I was in Nottingham when I was at college, and uh, it, it's it's it hasn't sort of depleted in any way. It's still wonderful. It's a wonderful piece of production by Old What's His Face, um, Phil Spector, I think, did it. Um. It's lovely, and I dig it. And I, it's one of those songs that's so magical, it's very hard to put into words what's so magical about it. In fact, there might be two or three that I choose for my desert island that that would apply to, that I can't really put into words why they do to me what they do to me. Mm. But they do. And... Maybe because I can't put that into words, that's why I could stand to hear them again and again. Um, Because as I've said before, if you understand how something's been made and put together, if you really understand it, then there's a limit to how much it entertains you because you're you're so busy looking at the, the joins and the the process in it that you can't just let it wash over you for what it is. But number nine dream washes over me and I've never worked it out. And I, I'm, I've always been a bit reluctant to work it out, but in case in working it out, that some of the magic is lost. So I would have number nine dream. And now we're going to play these tracks. As I, I don't, I, do you know what? I don't think we can. You could, if you wanted. But um, I don't think, I, just because I seem to recall, if you play more than about three seconds of anything, your podcast gets pulled for, it's all AI, isn't it? And just gets pulled. Does it? Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Oh, well, then, then I'll have to just instruct the 
the listeners to load Spotify and stop, play it, and then start again. Now, that's a really good idea. You know, so that they they can go on that little journey and then Mm. we can carry on talking about it after they've been on it. Yeah, well, for for the next one, we'll do that then. Okay. Um, So for this one, you you can have a little listen now if you like. And the link will be in there. We'll put the link in the notes. Okay. Um, we'll, We'll make an instructional set of notes this week rather than our normal kind of... Hmm. Whatever it our notes are normally. Maybe it takes me back to college as well, number nine dream. Maybe that's part of the soft spot I have for it. Maybe it just takes me back to a very long, hot summer in Nottingham. But I like the washing over you thing as well. I hmm. like that kind of, you know, I almost don't want to know. Don't tell me how it's done. Don't want to know how the magic was made. It's like a warm bath, that track, you know, or a cloud or a... Uh, uh, or just the sun when it's just the right temperature with your mm, eyes closed on your exactly face. which is what you want on a desert island that's exactly well you'll be getting a lot of that you would get a lot of that whether it would be a bit too hot depends but let's assume it wouldn't be let's assume it would be just right hmm. well it's your desert island so if you want it to be just right it can be just right yes okay then right so there's a bit of, bit of college in that one, which is which is nice. I like that. Um, for your second choice, and I don't want to I don't want to rattle through them, but is there anything? Because normally what happens, they kind of you know start with I remember this from the womb, or this was being played in the nursery when I you know. Okay. Is there any is there anything further back that you've got that kind of feeling for that you would take? Because that's all about comfort, isn't it? That's all about I remember this and it's warm memories and it's it's. It takes me back to a place rather than because I, I can stand to listen to the piece of music over and over. Yeah, let me just see what I what I put down. Uh, I haven't put anything that takes me all the way back, you know, to when I was super young. Um, it'd probably be... I wouldn't have it, but if I was to have it, it'd probably be something like Everybody Loves Somebody Sometimes by Dean Martin. Because that mm. kind of thing was on the radio when I was about four. Um, and, of course, possibly a Frank Sinatra tune. Um, I don't know. Um, what a Swell Party This Is is, mm. is one, one of my fave Frank tunes. Um, but the oldest song that I would probably go to that I would take to the desert island is uh, Christmas song by Nat King Cole, because Ooh. because it'd be Christmas at some point while I was on the island, and I'd I'd need a bit of comfort. That could be a very gloomy time if you were on your own, and so you know the old chestnuts roasting on an open fire would be um, a thing to have. Well, you know, while your campfire's burning and you. Staring wistfully at the moon, um, wishing warming yourself, your own chestnuts, wishing yourself a merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, that would be a good one. So I think I would take that as well. Now, is that your? Because we've talked about Christmas songs in the past, but there is something special about that. And we also talked a little bit about Nat King Cole last week. And it, it, it's that voice, isn't it? Yeah, it's an, an incredible voice. 
really an incredible tone, you know, gift from heaven. Mm. And uh, he just had it. And and then he had the diction as well. He had that incredible diction, um, which was sort of part of his voice. But, but that velvet tone, that incredible diction, um, just made you feel warm inside when you heard him sing. Um, but, but I mean, all of those things are, are, they're always tinged with a little bit of injustice for me. When I think about how the, how those, those black artists were treated, um, how they still weren't allowed in certain rooms in the, in the hotels that they were playing in, that they were, they were head, you know, the gigs they were headlining in. Uh, they they still wouldn't be allowed in certain rooms, or they wouldn't be allowed to mingle, or even coming through the front playing. door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you lent me the Rat Pack, didn't you? Uh, I did, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but you know what I took away from that book, apart from the what a complete power trips and Arthur was on, and what a gangster he was, um, was the. the, the the way you know the deep injustice that um, that what's his face had to had to endure. Sammy Davis, called? yeah, Sammy Davis Junior was this genius performer who was always pushing himself to be ten times what anybody else was, just to be allowed onto the bill. You know, if, 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 if he had to be extraordinary, but you know times 10, um, to be getting onto the same bill as the white guys um, and the the indignities that he had to suffer at the hands of the, the, the people he worked for and worked with to some extent. I think, I think Sinatra used him as a bit of a whipping boy now and again. He, was all, he always took great pains to be nice to everyone and if you know he'd be the one running around pulling chairs up for people making sure everybody else was comfortable before he sat down and all of that and that was in his nature but it was also maybe in the culture at the time as well that's how he that's how he got to sit at the table was by putting the chairs out for everyone else first um i'm speaking metaphorically but you know what i mean we're talking about a book called Rat Pack Confidential by Sean Levy, and if you and and it's well worth a read. It's yeah, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating read. My God, and the women. <laughs> well, we're on Radio Four, so we better just leave that there. <laughs> the women, Kirsty. Good God, <laughs> the women, Kirsty. <laughs> is so- Kirsty on the list? I don't think she is. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Nat then, back to your Christmas choice. Yes. Because obviously the vast majority of Christmas songs are jolly, upbeat, sleigh bells, this, that and the other, but that's a melancholic number. Do you like your Christmas tunes melancholic? Well, I don't know if it is melancholic. There's nothing sad about it. It's just incredibly warm, isn't it? It's mellow. Uh, Okay, let's go with mellow then. It is the sound of a... A family gathered together by by an open fire and the snow's falling. And all those classic cliches of Christmas. 
Um, but it's not run ro- Rudolph Run, is it? Or it's not. It's, it, it's not that kind of stuff. It's not the exuberance <laughs> of Christmas. No, it's not happy, happy, happy. It's it's just warm and lovely. Um, and it's. Uh, do you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's Hugolit. It's Hugolit. It is. It almost personified. It's Hugo personified. Um, it's that warmth, that gathering together, and and almost being magnified by the bad weather outside. You know, you're you're, you're hunkering down, with the snow falling outside. You're hunkering down in front of the fire together, um, and so it it gives you that warm feeling when you hear it. But but also for me, as I'm sure for a lot of people, it just takes them way back to their childhood. Because it was always there, um, you know. And, and much as I love uh, Fairy Tale of New York, which may be my favourite Christmas um, tune, because it's bawdy and it's rough and ready, and it's, you, you know, it's the lovely Kirsty and and the the wayward Sean uh, howling away. It's just a wonderful, a, a wonderful little. Um, Mad rebellious excursion, isn't it, into the the difference between men and women? You know the, how how certain men are just wayward and hard drinkers, and the women have to somehow watch their dreams dashed, um, having fallen for uh, for the silver talk of these guys. Um, they. They then they then sacrifice the rest of their lives <laughs> to these wayward men. I'm thinking of Richard Burton's father, you know, and Oliver Reed and Dylan Thomas and all these characters who were just hell raising nut jobs, you know, that probably destroyed the lives of the women they were with. Um but anyway, um although Fairy Tale in New York's probably my favourite Christmas song. I wouldn't take that to the desert island because uh, Nat King Cole's Christmas song is kind of sacred somehow, and that's the one you'd go to if if you only had one. Does that take you back to the lounge at Christmas? Does that take all to all to the kitchen or to somewhere like that? Is there a, is there that in your head? Yes, but I don't know if that is a is a a real memory. Or um, a sort of a synthesis of a lot of separate memories that yeah. that have all gone together to give you that that feeling that you were that person uh, by the open fire uh, um, while the snow was falling outside. And I'm sure um, back in the day in Doncaster we had a couple of Christmases like that because we did have a there was one particularly year. That it just snowed and snowed and snowed. Can't remember if it, I think it was a white Christmas. At least in my mind, it was. Um, so that song takes you to a place that you've been to, that maybe you've never been to, but you've been there. You know, you've put you've put a memory together of that for yourself, whether you've had it or not. And it's it's that it epitomizes that feeling. So I would take that to my desert island because it wouldn't be sunny all the time. It, you know, it'd be Christmas on one of the I like days. that. I like, and I totally agree because I think 
you're you 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 put an idea in your head with three or four or five different memories and you make you make one don't you mm. and they might have all been different years and it might be and it might be over a period of three or four times but you you have this picture in your head of what of what christmas was like even though it's just a collection yeah and probably from old movies you've seen mm. as well that you know you did a you've placed yourself in those and gone that's me that is that's that's a Christmas I had when I was a kid, and maybe you never had it, but it lives inside you. Some of those movie scenes live inside you, don't they? Mm. And obviously you've not watched the greatest Christmas movie ever yet, have you? <laughs> What's that? Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always think of Die Hard when I'm listening to Christmas songs. No, right Die Hard is the greatest Cole. Christmas. I'm being deadly serious. It's I the know greatest you Christmas are. movie ever made. I know. I will get round to it. Maybe You'll I should get, watch we'll it at Christmas. <laughs> Take a little personal DVD player to your island as well. You can listen to Nat and watch Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be peddling the generator that runs the electricity. <laughs> It'll take the edge off it. Oh, should we go for your third choice then? Yes. Um, it's funny to know what order to shout these out in, but maybe I'll maybe I'll um, I'll just shout them out in the order I I wrote them. Um, this is probably going to be a curve I'm throwing, but um, I heard this song again yesterday, and. It just knocked me over. And I don't, again, I can't quite tell you why it is. I think it's just the vibe. Uh, and it's If I Ever Lose My Faith in You by Sting. Um, the groove is incredible. The the chorus just, I get lost in how that uh, soars away when he, when he hits it. Um, and it's, it just makes me feel great. Makes me feel a bit jealous that I've I'm I've never managed to do anything that could touch it, um, and I don't think I pro- probably ever could. But the message as well, you know, is is about is about a man who's lost faith in everything in the politicians and the and the the way the world is. Uh, but but says you know if I if if I ever lose my faith in you, I'm, I'm screwed basically because you're it. You're the one thing I can rely on. You know, you're the one thing that keeps me here. It's wonderful. So I would take that. I'm not surprised you've picked a sting tune. Uh, in fact, if you if you'd said to me before we started where you're going to go, and I probably would have, I probably said, you know what, there be there will be one out of either Sting, Blue Nile, or Peter Gabriel. That would have been my, yes. my kind of guess. Well, I nearly, I, I. I nearly, I nearly chose every little thing she does as magic for that same reason that it, 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 it just lifts me. And I think if I was on my island, I'd need lifting from time to time, and uh, and so I'd need a song like that 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 glistens and it's just wonderful. And um, but I think if I ever lose my faith in you, it somehow beats every little thing she does as magic. Um, it's classier. I, um, I don't know if it's cleverer, but it's fabulous, and mm. um, you can't argue with it. No, no. And, and interesting as well. So far, we've had three, and we've not had a dance around the kitchen number yet. 
a dance around the kitchen. Well, you could dance around the kitchen too if I ever lose my faith in you. I'm I'm not Is really that... a dancing around a kitchen kind of guy, to be honest. I wouldn't have a kitchen to dance in anyway, would I, in, uh, on my island? Um, well, everything would be your kitchen, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that would that would lift me. That would lift me, definitely. I mean, I wondered about Ain't Nobody Love Me Better by Shaka Khan, if you want to dance around the kitchen. Um, but I, I could only have eight, so I, I confined mm. that to the, um, to the B-roll, as I did even, even Slave to the Rhythm, um, which, you know, is a crucial tune, but, um. I thought on a desert island, maybe not. Maybe not. I didn't know if you'd maybe want one, just one that would that would be a an energizer, uh, a kind of a, even if it was a bit throwaway. No, 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 I don't think I would. You know, you know, I'm not. That's not really where I'm. I'm at. Where you know where you're at. No, because I could make an argument for Sledgehammer for that mm. reason, but it wouldn't be my Peter Gabriel pick. Yeah, I don't think I. I haven't. I'm not taking a Peter Gabriel song to to the island. Oh. Um, oh, no. Looks like the Marillion's rate at Real World has just gone up twenty percent. So that's that's all fine. That's all fine. <laughs> shall we? Shall we go for a spot of diary and then and then do your fourth and final one for this week after that? Yes. Yes. Why not? Um, Let's go to the diary, which is strangely and fittingly um, mid-ocean. Um, I'm on a cruise to the edge, and I'm uh, grooving around. I think we're, we, we're, we're docking in Cozumel, and I, I managed to find a hotel with a beach bar uh, and a fabulous little beach and buy myself a day pass and sit on the, sit on the beach Drinking mojitos, reading 1984 by George Orwell. Um, that was a lovely day spent, you know, spent just me and George. <laughs> me, George, and the barman. <laughs> That's a great day. My dear heaven. <laughs> that could be so many Georges, shouldn't it? You, George, and the barman could be so many Georges. Best. Yeah. Michael. <laughs> Osborne, maybe not Osborne. Lazenby. Ooh, Lazenby, yeah. <laughs> Me, George, and the barman. Harrison. Oh, now that's a day. <laughs> Wednesday, 9th of April, MSC Davina, Cozumel. Woke up for the 30th time at 7 o'clock and decided to get up. My mobile phone has burst into life and it's tinging away, so we must be back somewhere near a network. It was freezing. The AC in my room has malfunctioned and seems stuck on max. Called the concierge and asked for coffee and an engineer. They sent both, and as the maintenance man began unscrewing the ceiling, I thought I'd better leave him to it. Popped down to the front lounge and chatted to Pete T's son Callum, 
who had reacted to yesterday's bad weather much the same as me and had gone to bed early feeling strange. Said a quick hello to John Wetton, who's here singing with UK, and with Steve H, the other one. By this time, we seem to have docked in Cozumel. It's not a particularly sunny day outside, but it's still only 9am, so I'll hang on and then maybe go and find a beach to look at. I couldn't get eggs in the downstairs lounge, so I went back up to the one bar again and had a spot of breakfast with Lucy. We talked about rock and roll wives and ex-wives for a while. Nothing I can repeat here. Mark K joined us briefly. Apparently the whole of Steve Rothery's family were seasick all day yesterday. Oh dear. Steve seemed to have been okay though. Right, I'm off to find a beach. We have to be back on board by 5pm and I think Marillion have a meet and greet cocktail party at 6. Our first work of the cruise so far. Do you feel sorry for me yet? Decided to take my computer bag with me so that I could FaceTime Lynetta if I found some Wi-Fi. At the end of the access jetty, there's a line of shops. Cozumel's only mall, it proudly announces. Selling silver jewellery, t-shirts, bags and odds and sods for the tourists. Grabbed a cab and asked him to take me to the Wyndham Hotel. Sure, he said, and promptly took me to somewhere which definitely wasn't. I never found out if it had been the Wyndham once or not. Still, it was a very nice private hotel complex with a lovely little beach and adjoining beach bar. Just the ticket. I bought a one-day guest pass for $64. Not cheap, but the Wi-Fi, the drinks and the food all seemed to be free. FaceTimed home and had a chat with Ellen Vibes. They sounded well. She said she'd give me another shout when he was sleeping. I spent the afternoon sitting under a coconut tree on the beach, reading 1984 and sipping beer, and at one point finally fulfilled the dream of a mojito by the sea. Really idyllic. I had to block out occasional pumping disco grooves from a bunch of girls working out near the hotel reception, but you can't have everything. Around 4.30 it was time for me to get myself together for the return trip. Elle had vanished. I figured, correctly, that she'd nodded off getting vibes to sleep. She often does. Returned back in a cab to the gargantuan site of the MSC Davina, dwarfing the seafront. Had a mooch through the silver shop, but decided it was all too dear to be buying on a whim. Almost bought Elle an Abalonian silver pendant, but it was $200 and I wasn't sure she'd like it. Returned to the ship and popped into the Pantheon Theatre, where UK were on stage. John Wetton was singing well, and Eddie Jobson was in good form. Their sound was very clear, but perhaps a little loud. I must be getting old. Bumped back into Nick Beggs briefly, and then ran off to get myself ready for the cocktail party meet and greet. Met the chaps upstairs at the one bar to discover that Steve R has, quote, done his back in and can't move, unquote. Oh Lord, then there were three. Rich walked, those of us who could walk, across the ship to the cocktail do. It was truly intense and I was being photographed and autographing for well over an hour solid. Something of a feeding frenzy, but everyone was very nice. 
I arranged to have breakfast with Oren, the Israeli ex-soldier, tomorrow so we can talk further about his experiences in Gaza. It's too late to change what I've written, but it's never too late to hear new perspectives. They can change how you sing the song. Hooked up with Rick Armstrong on the way out, and we went up on deck to watch Tangerine Dream, who I really enjoyed. They were making electronic ambient music 20 years before it was officially, quote, invented, and are credited with having invented the sequencer too. Love them. I was constantly asked for photographs and autographs during TD's set, which, although happy to do, was a bit distracting. Unfortunately, the seated area was full, and Rick and I couldn't really hide anywhere. After their set, we popped to the cabin, where Rick said he could let me have a pair of earplugs in case Yes's set was too loud for me. As it turned out, I didn't need them. Bumped into Steve Hackett again, coming out of the lift, and asked him if he fancied being our guitarist tomorrow if Ruthers is still horizontal. I was joking, but he still said he could always busk it if we were desperate. Rick and I hid in row D of the Pantheon Theatre and watched Yes. I thought they were incredible. John Davison sang pretty perfectly all night, never heard him miss a note. The band were tight, and for the most part, the sound was good. Alan White played particularly well, but I couldn't fault anyone, really. My head swam as I tried, not for the first time, to imagine how they ever wrote this stuff. I wouldn't know where to start. Thursday, 10th of April, MSC Davina. Woke up around eight and wrote this diary for a while before going up to the one bar where I had a long and enjoyable chat with Oren about his early life in Israel, Saddam's Scud missile attacks and his time in the army. He says he knows me from my songwriting and knew I wouldn't take sides over Gaza. It was good to find an Israeli who understood what I'd said. I really like Oren. Chatted to Alan White and his wife Shiji and congratulated him on last night's show. I couldn't help but mention the fact that he had played with the Plastic Ono band. He said he was only 20 years old when he played with John Lennon. That's him on Instant Karma and Imagine, which I often cite as the best song ever written. They're coming to see Oz play tonight. Goodness me, and all before breakfast. Returned to my room to chill and practice my guitar playing, It doesn't seem to be improving. Went back upstairs to the bar to have a bit of lunch and chatted to Leon, our drummer for the cruise, and spoke briefly to Ian Mosley at home in England on Lucy's iPad. He sounds much better. Steve R's family returned from an excursion ashore and I chatted to Jo about Steve's back trouble. She says she thinks he'll be okay for the show. Phew. Said hi to Jeff Downs and Martine before returning to the cabin to relax, keenly aware of tonight's approaching show. I'm reluctant to miss Steve Hackett, but I should really rest now. I hope he has a good one. Well, sound check was chaotic. Nothing seemed to quite work, and we only just had everything half together when we ran out of time. I had a half-decent vocal sound, though, and could hear the band, so I figured I'd get through it. Straight after sound check, the doors were open and we had 20 minutes to stage time. Got dressed for the Invisible Man and hit the stage. Pleasantly surprised to find everything that needed to work, worked for the whole show. I set about pounding around the stage and doing my thing, 
and I think we had a really good one. Leon never missed a cue all night. Afterwards, I sat in the dressing room for half an hour with the crew. Phil Brown, our sound engineer, came back and said it sounded great and that we were the classiest act he'd seen on the boat. He's biased, mind you. Back in my cabin by 2am. Still can't turn the telly off without getting out of bed. Kept drifting into consciousness in the middle of the night to hear Oscar Pistorius's clipped accent in court discussing the finer details of having shot his girlfriend in the head. Not the most soothing of lullabies. Strangely, the TV later switched off on its own somehow. Friday, 11th of April. MSC Davina. Woke up in the middle of the night wondering what time it was. It was 10.20. We're supposed to be on stage on deck at 11 for the storytellers set, which is effectively a question-answer session with the public. Leapt out of bed and made my way to the upper deck with just enough time to grab two cappuccinos to drink on my way to the stage. The Q&A went well, although it was so windy up there it was often hard to hear what we were being asked. I signed autographs and did photographs with the fans for almost an hour afterwards. Many people here from South America and Mexico. Came back to my cabin to chill out for a while and write the diary. Right, I'm off to lunch. Managed to get to the restaurant at the other end of the boat and was only stopped once for a photograph. I think everyone's already got one. Returned to the cabin and had a little snooze. I'm a bit weary from last night's show. When I awoke, I tried Jason Hart's room phone and managed to find him in his cabin. We met up at a bar by the casino and in between more photographs had a beer, him and Pina Colada, me, and I'm the straight one, before going to check out the Straubs, who were playing in a club on deck six. I wanted to say hello to Chaz Cronk, their bassist. The Straubs had almost finished their set and sounded much rockier than I had expected. Hearing the thunderous noise coming down the corridor and Dave Cousin's banshee voice, they sounded more like the Sex Pistols than a folk group. Chaz came over to say hello and introduced me to Dave Cousins. Chaz's wife, Sabina, was there too. She's a masseuse and used to massage my neck many years ago in Hampton, near Twickenham, after general tour abuse usually left me somewhat ricked. Both Chaz and Savina are among the loveliest people I've known, and it was fantastic to catch up. I dragged them up to the one bar along with Jason, and we enjoyed a soda together. Lucy took my photograph with Simon Collins, who happened to be there. By now, it was 7.30, and I was planning to go down and catch Tangerine Dream in the theatre. So Jason and I wandered down again to Deck 6, but not before watching the crimson sun setting on the horizon. I put my arm around him. Jason, we're having a romantic moment, I quipped. Indeed we are, he replied. Down in the Pantheon Theatre, I found a good spot behind the mixing desk, leant back, put my feet up, and luxuriated in the lush landscapes of synthesizers fused with real percussion, flute, soprano sax and violin as Tangerine Dream did their thing among tunnels of coloured lasers. I really like what they do, and I would love to work with brilliant old Edgar Froese. Particularly liked their percussionist Iris Kamar, who played tuned congas, electronic drums and cymbal swells. 
she has a joyous and vibrant stage presence. You've either got it or you haven't. It would have been worth the journey to see Tangerine Dream alone. When their set was over, there was a frantic scramble to make ready for our show. Fortunately, we'd been able to leave our drums and keyboards set in place from last night, so that saved valuable time. We ran through tonight's opener, Gaza, and then it was time to let in the crowd and get on with the show. Once again, the show felt great. My voice was, if anything, a little wider open than last night. After the positive comments I'd been getting all day about last night's sound and lights, I felt more relaxed too. Leon, our temporary drummer, played once again faultlessly, and the band sounded great throughout. An impromptu audience-led reprise of sounds that can't be made added to the spirit still further. We encored with Easter, which had been requested during the earlier Q&A session this morning. Jens left the house lights up and the crowd sang it, a perfect end to a triumphant cruise. We gave a good account of ourselves, and I'm now on nodding terms with prog rock royalty. Frenchy walked me back to my cabin, and after staggering around a bit, I decided to have a bath. It was wonderful. Crawled out and into bed for a few hours sleep before waking up at seven, conscious of the early departure. And we're back! Yay! Ah! Ah! Are you enjoying Ooh. this, by the way? I'm, I'm finding this quite fascinating. I, I, yeah, I'm quite enjoying it, Kirsty. Thank you. Ah, excellent. Yeah, I wish you'd worn a shorter dress. But <laughs> apart from that, it's, it's been great. You can't say things like that. <laughs> Not to Kirsty, no. Post Epstein. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you've got a lovely oh. pair of legs, haven't you? <laughs> You're very kind. Um, so, <laughs> post, so, post Ruby Alice. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes, there's going to be no, there's going to be no lurching across the studio to kiss Kirsty on the lips. I tell you, no, none of that, none of that. Um, all all Lauren, that. Lauren had punch on punch in the face anyway before you got anywhere near her. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, go on then. Let's have, let's have your fourth. Your fourth for this week for the first half of your 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 DID. Mm. Um, so, so far we've had a quick reminder, we've had uh, Nat King Cole, we've had John Lennon, and we've had Sting so far. Mm. Uh, and everything is either washing over you, making you warm, or just leaving you in awe. Well, this next track, um, I chose because it's relevant, but uh, but most of all I chose it because... This is a song that every time I hear it, when it gets to the end, I want to put it straight on again. And I think uh, you'd need you'd need one like that as well on your island because you'd be so limited. So a song that you can stand to hear again and again, in fact, one that you yearn to hear again and again, would be a good choice. So I'm going to choose for the fourth song, Weird Fishes Arpeggii by Radiohead. Mm. Mm. Go there. Now, that's. I'm not saying that's left field. That's inspired. Mm. 
Well, for the reasons I said, really, just just I whenever I hear that tune, it's a killer tune, and it's there's something hypnotic about it. And of course, it's about being under the sea and getting eaten by the worms and all of that, and the weird fishes at the great depths. Um, so it's something to contemplate while you're on your desert island. But I've always found I want to hear it again as soon as it's finished. I, it, it's it's pure genius the way it rolls around and the way it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and, builds and keeps going. Um, and everybody, to me, to my ear, everyone's playing out of their skin. You know, they're not showing off particularly, but they're they're doing exactly what the song needs all of the time. And Tom's being Tom York, you know, with that effortless, unself-conscious, beautiful voice he has. Um, and he sings like he's in an asylum, which, which, along with Paul Buchanan, not many people sing like they're in asylums. Um, but that degree of no self-consciousness and no performance whatsoever. Um I love I love him. I think he's a great singer. Um, so weird fishes. And there's quite. I mean, maybe not so much now, but there was. There seemed to be a a point where Marillion and Radiohead seemed almost intertwined. Maybe, but did they Radiohead just kept going, didn't they? Into into. Um, I mean, when they made, I couldn't. I couldn't really listen to Kid A. No. I wasn't ready for it. And I think, I've, you know, I should apply myself and have a good listen to Kid A because I probably am ready for it now. But they left me behind in a way that I, I think Marillion have probably left people behind in, in the past. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we ever had that much in common. Apart from apart from a desire to to redefine ourselves with with each you know each piece of music, mm. I mean, because obviously um, you you covered fake plastic trees, yes, um, beautifully. Um, but I always I can't listen to now she'll now she'll never know without thinking of Radiohead. Oh, that's curious. Because I was I was playing that just before we came on air, Kirsty. I was trying to work it out because I thought I might play it at uh, the next the next stage natural show, uh, and I've never known the chords, so I was sitting here just um, I don't know what key it's in. I was playing it in G minor, but but I I was just working working it out to myself before we came on air. So it, that's really spooky that of everything we've ever done, you should pull that out of your mind. I've always, it's always taken me to Radiohead. Oh. It's, all, it's always taken me to, to the to the bends. It's taken me to OK Computer. There's just something about it. I don't know if it's the guitar that has a slight similarity to Fake Plastic Trees. I don't know if it's because the cover came out around the same time because they're obviously, um, I think, I think, Fake Plastic Trees was uh, ended up being a B side to one of the, or had something to do with radiation. Didn't these chains come out as a single? I think Fake Plastic Trees was was a B side. I think it might um, be. So whether it's just the proximity of those two songs, you know, on the timeline, 
but um, but National always always takes me there. Oh, curious. Uh, be quite interesting to see if it if it's the same for anybody else. Hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I see a lot of similarities between them, and I think as well where where they've like you say where they've taken themselves, where they've done one thing and then moved to something different, and there's a lot of bravery. Yeah, there is with, with both bands. A lot of bravery. Yeah, I admire them for that. I admire them for not cashing in for on you know the phenomenal success of um, OK Computer. Might have lesser bands might have stuck with that as a sort of formula and as an idea. As as a, I mean, I don't know that it even has a sound, but I think I, th- I think maybe. Um, Coldplay were very influenced in their early days by by, by what Radio Radiohead had done, and you know they almost homogenized. They listened to OK Computer and perhaps homogenized it, got on with it, and which is not to run them down because I've got massive massive amount of respect for uh, for Chris Martin as a singer, uh, although where they've gone musically is is kind of left me somewhat disappointed really because parachutes was such a great record and then with, with each with each album they've made they've just gone more for you know the next chart hit or whichever whichever move they need to make to, to you know whichever dj they need to work with or emulate to keep them in the charts and i mean who can blame them you know if it if it Keeps filling the stadiums and all of that, but it's a shame, really, uh, that they didn't, you know, they didn't remain a, a, as introspective as they were on parachutes, which I absolutely loved. Mm. Um, but yeah, Radiohead, wow, wow. I mean, they're just a bunch of research scientists, aren't they? As, as musicians go, um, Johnny Greenwood, I've got massive respect for. Um, because he's he's just loopy, isn't he? He's radical, and whatever you drop in his lap, he's gonna do something mental on top of it and give it give you it back. And yet, it's gonna kind of work. So, I've got a lot of time for Johnny. After having seen him live a couple of times as well, I found myself watching Johnny all night. You know, I wasn't that focused on Tom, even though I'm a singer and he's a great singer. Um, you know, he stands at the mic with his head bobbing around, singing the singing the songs. But but Johnny's the one you watch because he's doing mad shit all of the time. He's playing like his life depends on it, and he's in his own little world doing his thing. Um, it's great to watch, and it, it's very. Uh, very telltale of of his inner of his inner process and his inner workings and his his attitude to his creativity. So fascinating to watch Johnny Greenwood, and he writes symphonies. You know, he's he's written symphonies um, and had them performed at the Brahms, the Royal Albert Hall. So he's quite a creature. I felt a little bit like that watching Lewis on the last tour. Did you? I found myself transfixed by Lewis. <laughs> um, 
and and he's equally as transfixing as we all know in person. But I found myself when I first, you know, when he was I first saw him, I was like, wow, just wow, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, he's wonderful. Hey, should we should we pick this up next week? And and finish off and do yeah. your your final four next week, and then we can also get into luxury items and and Shakespeare and religious texts. By the way, so it doesn't have to be the Bible. Oh, does it not? No, oh. no, I don't think so. I think it can be. Um, I don't know what counts as a religious text. Um, oh. I don't think the Thursday Murder Club does, so you can't have that. <laughs> um, but but yes. <laughs> Some kind of voodoo manual. <laughs> yeah, you might want to throw a curveball in there as well if you like. But we can get on to all that next time. I, you know what? I've really enjoyed this. And we uh, need to we need to shout out. It was Jonathan Worthington, wasn't it? Who who came up with the idea. So uh, whilst, bless him. Whilst sweating over a barrel. While sweating over a barrel in a leather apron. As it turns out, he put in, in one of the comments, he's Connected to the clergy, isn't he? He's another one that's connected to the clergy. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. Um, Music. F- I'm, 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 this is a podcast for priests we've got here. podcast for priests. <laughs> so we've, unwittingly, <laughs> we've unwittingly found a niche. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I'll see you next time. Okay, well, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I'll look forward to the next one. And, and what do I have to think about? I have to think about a, a, a what was it? What was it? A possession? You need, you're allowed a luxury item. <sighs> Ooh, luxury item. You're allowed Blimey. a luxury item. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I know at the moment you'd take your new microphone, but I, 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 I might suggest something that's a little more use <laughs> we, than that. I mean, I was going to plug it into it then. No. <laughs> And yeah, a luxury item. Ooh. Okay. Well, leave that with me. I'll try and think of something. Four more tunes, luxury item. That will be 177. It will. I've finally... Because today's 176. I've I've arrived there. I've I've arrived. I've had to call today in the folder when I started recording it. I've had to call it TD176. No, really. Because I'd all I'd already got a folder called TC and I'd got Uncle One Seven Five and one called One Seven Five No Really as well. So uh, my uh, my folder collection's looking a bit erratic at the moment. Mm. Mm. Uh, anyway, right. In which case, I'll see you next week. Okay, I'm off on to. Uh, I'll just I'm just back in the rowing boat, uh, Kirsty, and I'll uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>